0: This episode is brought to you by EverlyWell. EverlyWell is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash no meat. This episode is also brought to you by our new compliment daily greens with five science-backed greens for powerful benefits. Go to com slash daily-greens to learn more and save 15% when you subscribe today.
1: Hi,
2: this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomate Athlete Radio.
0: Doug, did you have a uh, nice 4th of July? I imagine you did plenty of plenty of Beyond Burgers, as you, you are wont to do holidays
1: yep did did beyond burgers and sausages and uh yeah had a nice how many, how nice many of, of july
0: had? how many What's of that? each thing how many of each thing did you consume how many beyond burgers and How many sausages?
1: i i think i had uh one burger and two sausages wow
0: <laughs> that's a solid performance
1: <laughs> i uh i embraced the food it was good. yeah <laughs> um yeah no we had a nice know. one we uh we went down to the lake in the morning spent you know most of the day at the lake and then came back and grilled and then hit up the fireworks it's a good day
0: that is a good day uh
1: how about you i also grilled
0: i also grilled we had beyond burgers only had one burger uh but we made plenty of good other things like potato salad and asparagus on the grill and something else but anyway it was good uh but the highlight of my weekend was actually the day before fourth of july when i went back to place I mentioned before on here, uh the Whitewater Center. Which is Oh yes, yeah. For those Uh who don't know, is like I think I guess it was like the Olympic rings are part of its logo. I think it was or is a training center for for Mm -hmm. US Whitewater people. Um and it's like a man it's apparently the world's largest man made whitewater thing that recirculates. So I don't know exactly the qualifications of that, but like, you know, it's a long river basically in the middle of their thing and they have climbing <laughs> walls and they have ropes courses and zip lines and a bunch of other stuff and it's really fun uh so we went back to that and i kind of mentioned it before but i i so i've been reading this book called anti-fragile which is you know it was a popular book in 2015 or something uh, and i've had it forever just never never read it because it's kind of dense and it just i really like the author and it's a it's a great. Set of ideas. It's just just work to get through it, uh, but anyway, he, he talks there about uh, this idea that he that he you know kind of uh, bashes called touristification, and the idea like is that when like like tourism these days has become such a uh, a diluted experience, like because like you know certain restaurants and certain popular attractions and certain paths basically so that like now when you go tour especially a different country where there's a lot of unfamiliar things and potentially dangers and uncertainties you kind of stick to like the the well-worn path of what americans do when they go to this city and and as a result like the, the whole experience over time becomes much much less rich right you lose the all the fun of the authenticity and it just becomes this like tourist track that you are on and you just kind of do this with the other americans and you're you know it just it's just a tour of touristified version of what is a great city or could be a great city i yeah. realized that this that this whitewater thing the only reason <laughs> i like it is because it's a totally touristified <laughs> version of being in nature because like in the whitewater, my daughter was a little bit afraid of it and i started basically Pitching it to her as a Disney ride where there's no, there's nothing that could go wrong. I mean, like the, the videos, then they show these safety videos and they say the exact opposite of what I said. They're like, this is not just a an amusement park ride. Like things can, there's inherent <laughs> risks associated with all this stuff. And this, and I like covered her ears for that because we had just spent 20 minutes convincing her that it was a totally safe ride. <laughs> and they wouldn't have it for, for people if it wasn't wasn't safe. Uh, but it's like you know, like there are rocks put into the into the things. That's how the rapids get created. But it's all just like like you know if you if you fall out of the the boat and can't get back on the boat you don't end up miles down the river you you end up at the bottom of the of this river and then then you just you know you get picked up in a little while uh, right and there are no no fish in the water and there's no nothing weird under there that you would have to step on or get bitten by <laughs> <laughs> like and it's totally like all all uncertainty removed uh, perfect outdoor experience for me. So I would highly recommend anyone who finds themselves an indoorsman like me, uh, if you're ever in the Charlotte area, check out the Whitewater Center because it's it's really fun. I actually did some climbing and had had a really good time. Again, not real climbing, no no actual risk, uh, <laughs> or but rock. it was fun. Or or rock, no, just a smooth <laughs> wall. But it was it's uh, my kind of outdoors activity.
1: That's that's funny. Although the bugs, I mean, they got they, 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 they gotta prevent the bugs. Have.
0: Yeah, they need a dome yeah. over the thing they need a full control of the of the <laughs> environment <laughs> so the
1: temperature can oh, be controlled it's it a little hot
0: terrifying. too for my liking
1: so anyway you know I don't, I don't even know what to say about that i don't i don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, you know I, I i get the i get the appeal of the kind of controlled environment right and they like uh, everything is is perfect in a way you know right the you know they've designed the route that you're supposed to take so it yep. flows naturally and they've, uh, <laughs> or unnaturally, I guess. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the, I mean, climbing gems and climbing walls are, are super fun. Like you can't bash sure. that. There's nothing to bash about that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's just this, uh, there's the adrenaline rush that comes from a little bit of, uh, of unknown and like natural, um, like, uh, how, what do you, how do you, how would you say that? Um, natural risk i guess or Mm -hmm. or just you know like what is underneath the water or um you're in the woods and it starts a thunderstorm comes and like you have nowhere to go right you can't just go to your car in the parking lot like how do you get out of that you know and then there's that adrenaline rush that comes from that um and uh and you just you can't you can't mimic that right i mean that's super appealing to me like it's a little bit scary of course at times but like that's that's Mm -hmm. that's when it's all done and you survive and you're like, wow, that was, that was really
2: fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, as I was reading this book, like I a hundred percent agree with the touristification thing. And I was, you know, thinking of, I was like, well, I'm a real traveler. When I travel, I don't like to do that. I like to really go out and see the stuff and, you know, have the risks and get lost and then, you know, find your way back. And like, that's what the, that's where the whole fulfillment is. Uh, so it's just funny that like, it just depends on what the, what the domain is or so it's like in that right, situation, right. I'm all about it. And this outdoor thing. I just don't, I guess to me, like, it feels like the, and it is, it is a lot, like, I do always say that outdoor stuff is boring, and it is, and I stand by that, but <laughs> it's also the, it's also the unknown, like, I, it, it, the risks of, like, actual whitewater stuff is enough that I would never have been interested in doing it ever, like, in a real, not not that I wouldn't, it's just never something I would, like, seek out, because it's always, like, you know, I just know it's going to come with this uncertainty and risk and thing, and, and stuff that I can't at all quantify or, or. I guess because I don't know much about it, I feel like the amount of risks are totally unknown to me, and you mm-hmm. know, could take on more than I than I intended to or wanted to. So I don't know. But like in this other situation, I'm totally all about it. I get it. Uh, but and you, so, okay, so here's here's, here's the question: more. Do you think
1: that that's just? Um, do you think that's just because it's a new experience and like t- removing risk or kind of unknowns from a new experience is just. A lot easier and more approachable. I mean, because you know, I mean, I feel that way about like meeting people or going somewhere or you know whatever. Like if I've been there before and I can picture it envision it, then uh, it's just a lot more comfortable to go there or to to see somebody. So like if you're trying a new thing like climbing or white water rafting or or whatever, and you know that um, like even if you've never been there, but you can you know that like okay, this is going to have certain safety precautions built into it. It's going to right. Uh, you know, not have fish, not have a lot of the unknowns that maybe come with it being in the wild. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, it just, it just makes it more approachable. So now if you, if you went back to the whitewater center a dozen times and you did the whitewater rafting and you're, and you eventually you'd like be itching for something a little different, right? A a newer, a different experience. And maybe, uh, the, you, you'd be more at peace inside a raft or kayak or whatever and more comfortable mm-hmm. in that and so then when you went out into the unknown went out into a real river you were just uh, automatically more it felt more approachable
0: yeah i think, think i think that's, that's true? definitely true i do think it's true i think certainly if i go to this whitewater place and do this thing 12 times it's not going to be that fun anymore i think my natural next move would be don't do any more whitewater rafting rather than like now i gotta go do more of that it's just not that fun i mean right. it's okay it, it was good it was just i wouldn't then be dying to go out in the on a trip where i'm out in the with with said risks uh so i don't know but yeah i think you're right i'm mean, certainly like there'd be more comfort and if i was forced to go on a whitewater trip i would be much less uh much less concerned about things if i if i had knew something about what it was like to do it
1: if you're, if you're forced to do it Yes, yeah. I was,
0: if I was hot at gunpoint and made to go on a whitewater rafting trip, then I could, <laughs> I could tolerate it. I did see people doing stand up paddling in the uh, in the rapids, and that actually uh, looked yeah, like it was kind uh-huh. of fun. A million times better than the the SUP that I did. It was awful. With flat water.
1: Uh,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, and that looked like the, it looked very challenging. I don't certainly couldn't do it. But, uh, yeah, it's like a new thing that, like,
1: yeah, not oh, a new, it new? Thing. probably not a new thing, but, uh, I have no idea if it's new or not. But it's a it's a thing I keep seeing pop up is this kind of whitewater supping.
0: Yeah, it looked like surfing. It was like they would go down and, you know, have to carve little routes. It was cool. hmm. Anyway, that was Whitewater Center. Then we had a beer, and, uh, and they, I did have a Beyond, a half a Beyond sausage that day. They have Beyond stuff now there. Uh, yeah. so I went on um, back to back days on my 4th of July, I had a, had a Beyond sausage, then a Beyond Burger.
1: All right. All right. There we go, well, Beyond.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, um, all right. Anything else, Doug, before we get into our, our episode today?
1: I don't think so. No, I don't have, I don't have no, a big update no this news? week. Oh, you know what? I, right. I will say one thing. Okay. You know, we, last week we talked about, um, intense workouts and how unattractive they are to me. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, so yesterday I did, um, you know, I, I told you a while ago that there was this new kind of pull-up bar, outdoor pull-up bar thing on yep. in a park near near us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's along a quarter-mile track kind of thing, gravel path. And it did, I did an intense, I had 20 minutes, I did a, like where I was sprinting and then I would do a pull-up bar exercise and then I would do a lap and, you know, kind of as hard as I could for, for mm-hmm. 20, 25 minutes. Okay. And uh, I finished it, and it actually felt really good. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm actually kind of itching to, to do another one. Uh, yeah. So maybe there is a little bit of something in that.
0: I you. think the key with those things is to keep them short, like keep them that amount of time. I was under the impression before I started doing the CrossFit endurance things, uh, not not real ones, but like from a, from a book that was trying to do things like CrossFit endurance workouts, I thought CrossFit was like for 45 minutes you don't take a breath and you're just hitting it as hard as you can so but so in the last 20 of it it's just awful and your form is suffering and you're just suffering through this thing it's actually not that because like most of the ones in the book that i did were like between 12 and and 25 at the most minutes uh and, and they would have runs in between them and the running would always be sort of a recovery from sit-ups and push-ups and things for me even if you're kind of kind of pushing it during the run so uh, yeah, I think that range is what makes it tolerable and makes it, like you said, like feel good when you're done. Yeah. All right, good, good update. Uh, so what we're talking about today is uh, not streaking. entirely unrelated to that. What's that? Streaking. Streaking. We're going streaking. We have a title for the episode. We had it before we even started, which is which is rare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, we're uh, so this this episode this topic was inspired by. Uh, the end of my wife's two-year running streak, Erin uh, is her name, and she started during COVID. Sometime, must have been June after after the 2020, June 2020 when COVID was, was you know, it was new to us all. And we didn't know what was going on. Everyone was staying in their houses and she started doing this. Uh, and I think a lot of it for her was like mental health kind of thing, just like felt like if she did that, she'd be getting out of the house when, like I said, we weren't getting out of the house very much, um, and then uh, you know people were in little fitness slumps and things at the beginning of COVID. No one knew what to do, so she started this. Um, she didn't at all plan. I don't think on it lasting for two years, but it did until uh, COVID got eventually. Eventually, COVID won. Eventually, COVID ended the streak uh, by by claiming Erin. Didn't, she didn't die. She just got COVID. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, it did sounds she, like <laughs> claimed, claimed her streak died. Her streak In was claimed district, by COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I put some thought into it and thought, we should do an episode about this. Because uh, you and I have both had much smaller running streaks. You're, mine, particularly much smaller. Uh, yours, respectable. I think yours was uh, 400 and some days leading up to your wedding, right?
1: 442 days.
0: So pretty solid, more than a year. Uh, that is mm-hmm. a lot of days to run in a row. Mine was, I don't have the exact number. I forget what it was. I don't even know if I ever, I must have known what it was, but it was, I think it was in the 75. I know for a fact it was over 50 because I wrote a blog post called 50 Lessons Learned from 50 Days of Running. Uh, but I believe it was 75 or so or 78 or something when I decided to stop. Um, and so I think it's like we talk all the time about habits and things and and the benefits of challenges and we're both a big fan of challenges i think i think a a challenge with a defined end time which is not the same as a running streak but uh it's just like a really good way to begin changing a habit it's not it's not a guarantee to make a change but it's a really great way to experience what it feels like to do something that you're kind of aspiring to do and you just know that you only got to keep it up for 10 days or 14 days or whatever um and so the the defined end date challenge has a lot of the best of both worlds of like, from the small steps approach to change and the massive action approach, which we always argue about which is better. It's a really nice uh, middle ground in a streak, has some of that in there. So we just wanted to uh, to jump into streaks a little bit, help, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that someone listening to this or several people listening to this would will listen to this and say, hey, that's exactly what I need right now. And then they go off on their own streak. It doesn't have to be a running streak. Uh, could, be, could be, who knows? We'll talk about what else you might do. Um, so anyway, yeah. Any any thoughts there, Doug? Before I jump into the pros and cons, of what I observed in Aaron's streak.
1: Well, what why don't we define what a running streak is? I mean, I think yes. it's somewhat Good self idea. explanatory explanatory. But uh, you know, I think that well, I, I know what I did. I don't actually remember what you did. I did one mile every day, no matter what. So it was a, a mile a day. I don't know what um, Aaron did. You know, I think that the mile is kind of the the minimum that most people would. Uh, which used to right. do maybe ten minutes or something like that, but um, you know certainly people do two miles or three miles a day, um, a marathon a day. <laughs> no, um, yeah. uh, but you know I think that that people kind of play with what that uh, minimum run is, but basically the idea is that you would hit that minimum every single day, uh, rain or shine, sick or not sick, until you're ready to stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so Erin's, I think she started out as thinking it would be two or three miles minimum. I forget exactly how that worked because she was at some point she was doing longer runs a lot of the time she was putting in seven eight nines a lot and like at that point i think three was sort of like the minimum but then maybe when she was sick or when she i remember one time she got hurt and was sort of like limping around the front yard for a while and that was her run for the day uh Mm. and it was but i think she made it a mile i think she had a gps thing on and i think a mile was her minimum at that point um that's an interesting example of one of the you know it seems like a low point of the streak but actually i think is kind of one of the high points is those those days when like under any other circumstance you would not be running uh that day but you go out and do it because this streak's important to you and i think that's that's a really cool part of it uh even if it was it's almost sad to watch it happen (laughs) It was just like but you know but that's but that's and then once it was done then it's then it's not sad then it's like in hindsight it's like wow that was really cool that you stuck through that and did that you know thing that looked so miserable, just so you could say you kept running. Um, I don't, I think mine was a mile was probably what I had in my head. I don't think I did many of those cause I was focusing on minutes at the time. And I started with 20 and I added 10 minutes every week or so. Um, so anyway, I was doing something somewhat different, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think a mile is kind of often what people say is I counted as count as I ran that day. Uh, and that's a lot. I mean, I mean, cause there are days when, to, first of all, uh, almost everybody, in the country doesn't run a mile one time per year right and the vast majority of people do not run a mile so if you uh-huh. you know so it's for you to do that every single day and, and often much more than that but on your worst day when you absolutely are so sick or hung over or injured or whatever you still go run your mile that's that's a pretty big deal and that's a it's a great thing so um yeah.
1: and and oftentimes you know that mile turns into Two miles or a mile and a half. You know, even if you only set out to do a mile, oftentimes it, yeah. it expands to that, and that that's kind of one of the one of the pluses, at least from my experience, is that oftentimes I wouldn't have run and I end up running three miles or something like that, just because I'm out there or I, I start feeling loosening up and feeling better, and you know, and then you just kind of keep up with it.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and the cliche I believe is that the days when you really don't want to run are the days that you most need it, and you often you know you can't discover that until you go do the first mile or whatever and then suddenly you realize how great you feel and you you stick with it. So uh yeah, that's that's a great thing of having that having that sort of built-in accountability, this thing that says you're going to go run no matter what. Um because then you get this chance to to discover that and then and then potentially that even once your streak is done could change the way you look at you know, making the decision to to go for a run or do a workout because you understand now that that a lot of times the days when you don't feel like it are the days when it turns out to be the best. Mm-hmm. So um, so anyway, I, I made a quick list before this about like what what I thought was good and what I observed that was not so good uh, in Aaron's streak, and I think these are are more or less universal to anyone doing a streak, but not not necessarily. Um, so like the obvious one is you're doing something every single day, which I kind of just just alluded to. Uh, for, you know, whereas me during this period when Aaron was running every single day, I had plenty of times where. This this coincided with my kettlebell thing, so I didn't have that many times. But certainly, especially at the beginning, there were three and four day stretches where I didn't do anything at all. And Erin had none of those because she was running every single day. So even if that's all you were doing, you're you're doing activity every single day. And if you're doing a one or two mile run, like it's by by not that aura ring is the the um you know <laughs> the, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Doug. The, the gold standard of like what is the appropriate amount of fitness, but if you but if you do a mile or two run, like you're going to hit what is your daily activity goal, right? So if you, if you go by the ten thousand steps rule per day, like if you go for a run, you're you're going to be doing well for daily activity, right? So like it, that's a really good thing to be doing that, even if you're not doing anything else. So that that itself is a huge benefit. Um, in Aaron's case, she. You know, this kind of made her become like a real runner again. she she was running before this on and off, and she would go like a lot of people go through phases where she runs a lot and then go through other phases where you take weeks or months off because you're just not inspired to run and you just you, you know you miss a few days and then suddenly it's hard to get back to it. Um, so because she was doing this, like it was really easy for her to build the mileage base that you need to for her in her case, you ultimately did a 50 k. Uh, so she became an ultra marathoner, which, and she had, she had run three marathons before we had kids, but you know, that was, that was at, at the start of her streak. That was 10 years ago. Um, and so it's not, of course, not that it was easy for her to build up to an ultra marathon, but when you're running that much and when you're adding some mileage onto what is the minimum, like to get up to, to 40 or 50 miles in a week, doesn't at all seem like a, a crazy thing. And she got there in a, a you know, sustainable Fashion, like it's not like she just suddenly started running so much, but when you start out small in your streak, it becomes you know it's kind of the small steps approach to changing a habit. You're doing it every day, but you're very gradually building mileage if that's how you're doing it. And that's how it worked for me. That it turned out that my seventy-some day streak was the the beginning of the base building for me to ultimately do a hundred miler, uh, which I think happened. Uh, I think it was two years, maybe one year after my my streak. Um, so anyway, so that that for me was for sure, like I went from a period of not running that much to this was the beginning of, you know, eventually running a hundred miler. So that was a great thing. Um, I mentioned mental health, like just the, you know, Erin, she knew that that running was generally a good thing for her health. And, and this, you know, perhaps that was the biggest benefit that came of it for her. Um, and then it also carries into other healthy choices. So like she found that she did not like... Having to having the run be on her list is like something she had to do that day. Uh, she just didn't deal that well with that. It just made it hard to like think about anything else because the streak became so important that if it got to be noon and she hadn't done it, and it was hot out and she doesn't like running in the heat, like it would become this stressor where like she knew she had to get her run done. So so ultimately, what happened was she would end up doing it almost first thing in the morning almost every day. Um, and that that carries into other healthy stuff. It's, you're just not that likely to to eat a junky breakfast. If you've already gone for a run that day, so I think you know if you have this constant this thing in your life that is, is a healthy habit. If it's just there every single day, it's going to tend to spill over into other healthy choices. So that was all the pros. Um, anything else, Doug? That you've got like any other positives that you would say came out of yours that just were big, not not like you know lesson learned or little things here, like like my blog post was, but any other big positives that someone would.
1: Get from yeah well so I got a couple from I was looking back at some of the articles I had written uh, about my streak and yeah um, I mean there was I guess the the themes that that I kind of kept coming back to in the uh, when I reflected on my streak was uh, just kind of the the understanding that that I could run any anytime and in anywhere you can always figure out how to get in a and run and, and I think that this was um, this was was important because, you know, lots of times you think like, oh, I'm too sore to run or I'm too tired or it's too hot, like you said, uh, or whatever. But if you just go out and do it, like it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Obviously if you're severely injured or whatever, like it's maybe a different story, but like, um, you know, usually if you just get out there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all those excuses are are typically not valid or unwarranted. And if you just get out in there and do it, you're going to feel better. So a streak kind of Puts that into perspective, I think, and allows you to kind mm-hmm. of let go of some of the, the things that maybe you think, are are, good reasons not to run, um, and and kind of just forces you to actually go out and do it. Uh, another one was, um, rethinking what a run looks like. Uh, and this, you know, obviously, I when I did my streak, I was, training really hard. I think I ran like, four or five ultras during that, that time. Um, And, uh, and I, you know, I was, I was training. I was, I was, I wasn't just doing the streak. I was also training for, for races. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and you're also uh, running the
0: day after these races, by the way, which I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, which again is like one of those, uh, one of those excuses that you might think like, oh, I just ran a 50 K I don't need to, or I shouldn't (laughs) run today or I don't want to run today or whatever, but you know, you just get out there and do it. And, um, but, uh, like reframing what a run looks like. And I think this is a big one. This is, this is certainly, it doesn't uh, resonate with me as much these days because a run looks very different than it did when I did my streak 10 years ago, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was like super serious on training, but, but I think that like for people who, who are deep into training or are new to running and thinking about, you know, training for a big race, like this is an important lesson to learn because I remember I did a lot of, um, Running to places, like running mm, uh, right. you know to meet up with a friend or at a friend's house or something like that just to like get in that run there and then I would you know maybe bring a little backpack and a change of clothes um, and, uh, and and do it there. I ran home from places, like commuting from work or even uh, a couple times I ran home from the bar to get in my run, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which maybe is probably not recommended, but you know again, it like reframes what, <laughs> what running looks like or I, what I'd love to do and I still do this sometimes, is run errands. So if you have to go to CVS to pick up something uh, and it's half a mile away, you know, run there, and then run back, and then you got your mile. Or you uh, run your, to the post office.
0: you big Gatorade jug back, though, or whatever, your, uh, whatever you picked up in CVS, your toys from the <laughs> <Yeah>. toy <out>. aisle. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: true. Yeah, you know, that's why you also push a stroller, even if you don't have a baby. Like, you just ah, load okay. it up with right. stuff. Self-supported <laughs> no. CVS
0: trip. Exactly, yeah. Uh,
1: No, I definitely, you know, I've definitely run with like to the post office with a box that I'm mailing before, Um, (laughs) you know, but, but, uh, you know, I guess, I guess my point is like, if you just, if you think about running as, as not just a workout or a way to train for something, but also, or also a way to get around and a way to kind of Mm -hmm. experience, you know, half an hour of your life, (laughs) you know, that's a little different than sitting in a car or whatever. Like I think, uh. Like that was beneficial to me and you were getting the, you were getting the benefit of the run. You were still uh, getting the exercise. You were still getting outside and doing something, but um, it, it just wasn't as serious as like a, okay, this is the type of workout I'm going to do.
2: Yeah.
0: I love that one. It actually ties in back to that touristification idea from the beginning. One of this guy's points that he makes uh, is that like, it's, it's just so ridiculous nowadays that, that in our culture, we will like, like if let's say you're going to the gym and it's on the 10th floor of a building that you take the elevator up there and then you get on the Stairmaster when you're at the yeah. gym and do your Stairmaster and you just don't, don't do the thing that, right. you right. know, like running, it, it we, the reason we run, you know, our ancestors ran is because it served a purpose, right? Some, some sort of purpose, mm-hmm. whether that was persistence hunting or getting somewhere or what. Uh, and so like, it would be kind of silly if you had to go to the store to think that you'll get your run in and then you'll drive to the store if the store is right. within running distance. Now there's a lot of reasons you might not, you don't want to be sweaty, you don't want to carry your thing, but I think it's a very natural way of existing to actually you know run to places to do things rather than just run for the sake of a workout uh so i really Mm -hmm. like that i think it's a that's a great one uh all right so and one more i didn't mention and this this is kind of underlies all of it when i started my running streak like i even though i was a runner and i'd run ultra marathons and marathons at that point uh i still just had this like rule in the back of my head that said you don't run every day like you can't run every day it's mm. not a mm-hmm. it's not a thing to do you're supposed to have a day off between any two workouts or any two hard workouts and your muscles need to recover and if you ran for a week straight like you wouldn't get that recovery so if you went for two weeks straight like you're going to be in some sort of deficit and it's just not going to work and it yeah. you know it taught me that that's completely wrong i mean you you have to be choosy about your types of runs you're doing which i'll get to in a minute. Um, but, like, you can absolutely run every day, and it's not an unhealthy thing to do. It may not be the most effective yeah. way to train for your fastest time in a certain race, but there's no reason you can't be active every day and, and that activity be running. Like, it's totally doable.
1: Yeah, 100%. All right. So,
0: yeah. So, the. Uh,
1: well, hold that on. Before we, before we get on to the next one, why don't we uh, pause for a second to thank our sponsor?
0: Thanks, sponsors. Okay. This episode is brought to you by EverlyWell. Take action today for a healthier tomorrow with EverlyWell. Their at-home lab tests can help you get the knowledge and support you need so you can become a healthier you. EverlyWell is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test. Here's how it works. EverlyWell ships products straight to you with everything needed in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide your next steps. It's so simple, over 1 million people have trusted EverlyWell to support their health and wellness goals, and you should too. Doug, I can personally vouch for the ease of use of EverlyWell, I've used it for myself and I have given it as gifts to my wife, to my mom. Uh, and it absolutely is simple to do. The results show up really fast, and you get data that you kind of didn't think was accessible to to the every man or every woman. But uh, it, it absolutely is with Everly Well.
1: Yeah. I just, I just got the uh, men's health test, which uh, I, I believe it looks at four different hormones for, like, mm-hmm. mood and sex drive and muscle mass, energy, that kind of thing. And all you have to do is uh, it's a saliva test. So it's just a little, you know, you fill a saliva cup, and you mail it in, and that's it. That's all you got to do. Right.
0: Not like those health tests of the past where you had to do pull-ups and sit-ups and count them and do all that. It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's strictly saliva. All you got to do just spit on the thing and that's it. That's right. It tells you everything. <laughs> for listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash nomeat. That's everlywell.com slash meat for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash nomeat.
1: This episode is also brought to you by our very own Daily Greens. When it comes to plant foods, plant foods it's hard to beat a leafy green. On a per calorie basis, they are the most nutrient rich foods you can find. But most of us aren't getting anywhere close to enough and that's where compliments Daily Greens come in. Daily Greens is the greens powder we have always one of ourselves and our families, one that lives up to the promise of diverse real food greens, convenient for at home or on the go use. The daily greens formula starts with the latest science on well-rounded nutrient-rich greens and how much of each you need to experience the benefits. By focusing on just five greens, barley grass, spinach, querella, uh, broccoli sprouts, and moringa, the organic formula zeros in on the ingredients that have the biggest impact. And the best part is that most of these are probably greens you aren't getting otherwise. I have been obsessed with daily greens since we uh released released it not very long ago and um I believe you've been liking it too, Matt. I love it. Doug you won't
0: you won't yeah. drink a big glass of daily greens and then do your men's health test from Everly will you? To see if you get super <laughs> healthy?
1: No, you know <laughs> I I maybe would think about it you know, because I want to, <laughs> I want to get those good tests, yeah, but I followed the Everly Well instructions and they said not to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, you know, I got, I got to assume that my daily greens are helping with all of my health tests, not just the t- tests, but my, uh, my health, my long-term health in general. And, uh, and it can do the same for you. If you go to no meat com slash daily greens to learn more and save 15% when you subscribe today, that's no meat com slash daily greens. All right, so
0: we talked about the pros of a running streak. What's good about it? Um, but just in case you're, in case you're ready to go, get out the door and start your streak, you need to hear these cons first. This, there's some, there's some bad things that come with it. Um, the, the first and most obvious. Well, here, let me give a little context here. When I was a kid, I grew up in Baltimore. Doug, you grew up. Uh, you, you were an Orioles fan, weren't you? Am I wrong about that? No, you were yeah, a Nationals. Uh, well, that you're now
1: like, a National. That, that is, that is true. Yes, that is true. I was never you a huge were. Orioles fan, but my mom was okay. an Orioles fan, so therefore I was an Orioles fan.
0: Okay, well, Cal Ripken was was the the you know face of the Orioles in the nineteen eighties mm-hmm. and then in the nineties. Uh, and he his, the thing he was most famous for, why he's called the Iron Man, was his his consecutive games played streak. Uh, he broke Lou Gehrig's record when he played in his twenty one thirty first game two thousand one hundred thirty one. Uh, I actually my family went to that game. Not because we like were so good about buying tickets to events, but like I played uh, I played roller hockey, which actually was a sport, like organized sport roller <laughs> hockey in my in my town. Uh, and our coach, like in May, gave everybody I guess he had season tickets. He gave every kid on the team four tickets for some date in the future. Wow! And then and and no one knew when Cal's streak was going to be, but I guess this guy wasn't wasn't doing the math or being cautious because you know there'd be rainouts and stuff like that. But Cal played in every game, so you could count. As long as there weren't missed games, which one would be it? Um, but it turned out my tickets were the were the day when he broke the record, uh, wow. so it was a huge yeah, it was a huge deal. We could have sold them. I, I don't remember what it, what they were going for, or something like five hundred each. But uh, apparently, my parents asked me and hoped that I would say yes, let's sell them. But I said no, we have to go to the game. <laughs> so we all went, uh, and you know, this got a bunch of memorabilia and did all that stuff. So that was a good memory. Um, but anyway, I remember in those those days. Honestly, in the years leading up to Cal breaking the record, um, I would log on to to Prodigy or whatever was the available internet uh, service at the time, <laughs> Prodigy, and, yeah. Yeah, and go in the uh, go in the forums and talk about talk about Orioles and Major League Baseball in general. And there were people in those in those forums who were uh, who were kind of shit posting on Cal, saying he uh, he he was actually hurting the team with his streak. Which i didn't didn't like to see that as a kid but but you know as i thought about it it might actually be true that that if you're like if you're not performing but there's this whole sideshow that says you're going for this mm-hmm. record that you know and, and maybe right. i don't know i don't know if he was even earning the starting spot on the team at that point maybe, maybe he was there's certainly but there's there's probably periods where other players would have been benched but you wouldn't bench him because it's cal and you'd be wrecking his streak so anyway right. um people were saying that he was at, at times hurting their their playoff runs um and I think that's kind of what what happens here on an individual basis. That like, you know, like the the streak. First of all, I mentioned the, the situation earlier where if you're injured and you still try and go do your streak, like that's that's absolutely a day when under norm, normal circumstances you should rest, right? Like you shouldn't go run on an injury um, unless unless the, the situation you know demands it, and that would be if I don't know if you had some special race coming up and somehow you could you could do this race without catastrophic you know, results, um, maybe it makes sense to just get it in, but to, to preserve a streak, you know, it just didn't often seem like the right thing. Certainly wasn't the the fastest way to heal, to go run on an injury, just to keep it going or, or much less run for a whole week straight while you're still kind of hurting and trying to recover from injury. So like, that's, that's an obvious one, um, that it would, it would sometimes make Erin do things that perhaps weren't in her, her best interest as far as running or, or physical fitness went, uh, but you mm-hmm. do something to preserve the streak. So that's, that's kind so of an obvious just, one. Just
1: to kind of add to that, you know, not just, not just thinking about it as an injury, but also, um, you know, if you're choosing, if you have one opportunity to exercise every day and you're choosing a run just for the streak, when you might be better off, uh, going on a bike ride, not just for injury, but like just for kind of general fitness or, or doing weightlifting <clears> or something like that. And you're, you're kind of choosing, always choosing the run. Then you're, that means sometimes you're not choosing something else. And, uh, and that can kind of hurt you in some ways.
0: Right and, and that's and actually another that's actually another a big item I'm gonna list it out I'm going to treat as separate. Um, so oh, look okay. at that sorry that, that's all right that's all right I' mean, it's totally valid. Um, the thing that goes along with this one of like sometimes you could you could use that day off. There's also the idea that I kind of mentioned earlier like if you're training to to maximally, adapt, right? And get your body to become more fit as a, as a runner, or say you're training for a fast marathon time or some sort of, you know, fast race goal, like the, the best way to train probably isn't to train, to run every single day, because if you're mm-hmm. running every single day, that means you don't have days off. And if you don't have days off, that means you probably can't have very hard days. When most people would agree that that training is about having hard days followed by easy days so that you, you know, you, you force your muscles to adapt and then you give them time. Uh, not just your muscles, but your body in general, to adapt, and then you give it time to recover and and you know incorporate those those adaptations. Um, and you can't really do that if you're running every day. Now, you could if you were really deliberate and good about this, you may be able to. I mean, you could go very hard some days, and then just go extremely easy on other days, and and make it a true easy day. But I don't think most people do this. And this kind of gets into your your next point, Doug, is that I think when. When you are just when you have a running streak going, I think it's very, very easy for for in your mind to replace I did exercise or I, I did the right stuff for my body today, you replace that with I did my run today. And basically
2: mm-hmm.
0: get your running streak done, get you know, check off the box that says you continued your running streak, that starts to stand in for I you know, I am keeping myself in shape or I, I did my fitness today, I did my workout today. Even when that might stop to look like a workout stop looking like much of a workout or when it you know in in the if you back out from any one day and just look at it overall when it stops looking like an adaptation kind of cycle of of going hard then going easy and so a lot of people fall into i certainly did i think Aaron did too you fall into the like the junk mile category where you just you do your run it's kind of the only fitness you're really doing because Like i said like it kind of starts to become your fitness is your running streak and then you're so not only is that the only activity you're doing you're pretty much doing the same intensity every single day and you're doing this at Mm -hmm. this intensity that is in between really easy and hard and it's this the junk miles where like it's not that it doesn't do anything for you because certainly it still does um but it's like you want the workout you want it to feel kind of like a workout so you don't go that easy but you don't want to kill yourself because you got to do it again tomorrow so you end up doing this thing that kind of leaves you a little bit tired at the end of it, but it wasn't a recovery or a really hard workout. So I think that's I think that's not a good thing. And so right now Erin's having um, a shoulder injury. She didn't know, know where it came from, but her shoulder started hurting and somehow she hurt it in the course of day-to-day life. Uh, and, and it's like, it gotten really bad. And then she started like just different things around the house she would do with it. And it would, certain days she would really hurt it by just making the wrong movement with it. And you know it it came at the end of two years of running and it's hard for me not to wonder like well you know like maybe if if she had done other things during this period if she had just you know had a more well-rounded exercise that didn't involve doing something every day perhaps it would have some week long maybe even month long kind of breaks in it but maybe then she wouldn't be dealing with a shoulder injury i don't really know but i just think i think that's one of the dangers of a running streak is that if running becomes your only thing and it goes for you know many months or multiple years you're going to develop imbalances in your body if that's all you're doing so you absolutely to me if you're going to do it long term and i didn't know this ahead of time i would have i would have warned her about this if i had thought of it um but i would say to anyone who's like if you're going to do a running streak and it's going to last more than a month figure out how you're going to incorporate other fitness in there because i I really do think it's important to to kind of keep that keep that balance in your body that's not just not just running
1: yeah yeah i think i think that that's true the the kind of one pushback I maybe have to that is that, um, you know, a lot of times if you're not doing that run streak, you're not doing anything. You, you, ta- you kind of set this up uh, earlier when you're talking about errands, about how you would maybe go, you know, sometimes three days, four days, whatever, without working out. And you'd watch her do that, you know, go for a run every day. Um, if, uh, if, if the option is like, ideally, yes, you would be doing all kinds of different exercises and kind of, you know, pushing your body in different ways and at different intensities. Um, but if the, if the other option is like, you're just completely unmotivated and not doing anything at all, then that streak is going to be way better. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. But so then I would wonder like, where's the line? Like, well, like what if you're someone who works out twice a week, you do one upper body day and one lower body day, but you do them and then you do it at an intensity where you get a little bit of an aerobic workout. Like, 5 years down the road is that person or the person who did the 5 year running streak going to be in better shape the runner's going to be able to run further but maybe they'll have more injuries that have just happened and the other person might might have a good solid you know foundation i, I don't know so i, I don't know where the line is uh obviously there are many more factors than than just that so that's you know the answer is much sure. more complicated than that um yeah but good yeah. question i don't know so that actually brings me to to The next point I wanted to bring up, which is like, we're doing this show not for us. Though this isn't for me and you to have have fun chatting with each other. We're doing this for people who listen to it, Um, and the hope would be that someone would hear this and say, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Like a running streak is perfect. That sounds like such a great change of pace, and that's what it is. It's like aside from a literal change of pace, it is like a really great way to, if you're bored with running, which I was when I started mine, and I hadn't done it for a few months because I was just bored. But somehow the idea of running like every day something I hadn't considered as possible before it just seemed like kind of a fun exciting thing to do like this totally different Mm -hmm. emphasis on training i like i said i was focusing on minutes instead of miles so i was just going out there setting a watch and like i was focusing on breathing stuff and meditation like it was just a different type of running and it was perfect for me at that time so i hope someone will hear this and say like that's this is what i need but i'm just curious what you think doug and i'll i'll chime in as well like who is a running streak for and at what time in your life is it a good thing to do? Like when, I don't know, like who, who should do this? Who should, who should say, yes, I'm going to go do a running streak versus who should say, this is not what I'm trying to do right now.
1: Yeah. Okay. So great question. I'm going to start with who, sh- who shouldn't do a running streak. And, um, and this isn't to say that, that it would be terrible idea or that you like absolutely shouldn't do it. But I would say if you're feeling really motivated or if you're training for something already, then the running streak isn't going to, you know, isn't going to do the things that it could do for someone who is is not motivated or not trained for something already. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for all the reasons you talked about, if you are, um, you know, if you're working out all the time already and you're doing all kinds of different exercises, or if you're training for a specific marathon and you get, need those rest days because you have a 20-mile long run day and a, a speed workout day and all these things, then uh, then I would stay away from the, from the run streak. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I would the, for the person in my mind that, that it can benefit from is someone who is maybe, you know, just kind of cruising along with their exercise, feeling unmotivated, feeling like they need something to kind of jumpstart or kickstart a little uh, a little bit extra for them to, you know, take it up a notch. Then a run streak is perfect for them. Uh, you know, I started it because I was looking for like this like meditative, therapeutic kind of transitional thing that would lead me up to my wedding day you know and that was it was like it served per- that's a that purpose perfectly um mm-hmm. you know aaron i believe started you know during the pandemic and she was looking for you know kind of an activity that uh that would get her out and get her active and keep her going and keep her motivated you know that yeah is and give her alone time really give shut.
0: her su- time by herself
1: oh give her alone time yeah you know they kind of had this like set thing that you're doing every day which i guess was the same thing for me in, in a way was, like that alone time that that time that i was like trying to intentionally dedicate to thinking about the next phase of my life. Um, you know, I would, I would definitely say that not all 444 or 42 of those runs were, um, were spent thinking about the marriage or thinking about Katie, but, you know, <laughs> but that was, that was the idea. That was the intention. And, um, you know, so Probably like the ones on the I way th-
0: from the bar were, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, definitely. You know, <laughs> um, no but you know that was that was the idea that was the intention and and so that's i think where it can be a really creative uh, expression of of um of movement and uh and you know that that would be who I would recommend a run streak for how about you where do you differ
0: yeah not not so different from from yours i think the ones who i wouldn't is like if you have a a race goal that is a short term thing like if you're trying to pr in a marathon or even run like a first something a first marathon first ultra marathon first half marathon if it's if that's Mm -hmm. in the next six months your goal like i just wouldn't a run trick is not the way to approach that it's not the way you can get into the best shape for that stuff uh and it's and it's probably not the best way to build up a mileage for the first time to something because you it's good to have a day off after that long run because the long run build up is super hard when you're trying to do something like that for the first time um so definitely not for that person uh it's interesting that like all three of us had a kind of mental component to our streaks. Uh, you know, Aaron's, I was just kind of bored with running and I just wanted this like sort of, I don't know if spiritual is the right word, but like meditative kind of like, I just wanted like a, an outlet for, and, and honestly some time like, like, like you and like Aaron, where you're just kind of by yourself and you can be with your thoughts or you can have, I don't know if quiet is the right word, but at least it's not things vying for your attention. Like kids might do, uh, so you're just running, and you can you can kind of direct your thoughts the way you want to, uh, or you could listen to something, which I did for a lot of mine. Was eventually I got into like just listening to stuff, and I found that a really great thing. So I think if you're if you are looking for this kind of mental benefit of exercise, um, I'm trying now to think about how this is different, because certainly there can be mental benefit to traditional exercise too like when you're just you're you're in really good shape but you have days off and you're you're going to the gym or you're doing your runs and then it's hard and you have a recovery days like that can be a certainly a very positive activity for your mind um but i you know there's a difference here between that and what what you i and aaron all did when we when we you know started these streaks. what we were looking for out of that time uh so that's definitely a big one i also think and Aaron's like her big reason for starting her streak which i think was different from you or me uh was that she? She wanted like, um, you know, she wasn't running at the time. She wasn't consistently running at all, and she wanted to be consistently running. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think if the person who who maybe would benefit almost maybe more than anybody is someone who like doesn't run at all. Now, maybe not that you've never been a runner, but someone who's just not really running now or into running. I think it's a really great way to get started with running again. And it's because like that, I think when people go and run one mile, it doesn't feel like you really did anything. It doesn't feel like for most people, especially if you've run before, it feels like that almost doesn't count because it's just, it's just too small to make a difference. But if you view it in the context of a streak and you imagine that this is something that 90 days from now I'm still going to be doing, that can be a really good way to get going with running again, or maybe even get going with running period. If you've never run before, uh, this doesn't mean that you you couldn't have walk breaks in your run and you could figure out what your own criteria is for what counts and how many minutes you need to be running um or you could go at a super slow amount or you could begin with like literally one minute and then the next week you start doing two minute runs and the next week you do three minute runs so i'm not trying to say that like anyone who's not in shape or doesn't run should just jump into running 30 minutes a day like that's obviously not not the point uh but i think if you structured this thing Kind of intelligently, like it could be the beginning of you becoming a runner, uh, and I think that's I think there's a whole lot of power in in that. Not just becoming a runner, it could be the beginning of you getting in shape or becoming active, uh, and I think there's a whole lot of power in that. I think some people will hate that and they'll say, "Oh, you're you're you know you're this is reckless advice to recommend someone start running every single day." Uh, but like I said, I don't I don't think running every single day is is dangerous, and if you're not if you're not killing yourself every run, uh, you don't necessarily need a day off after it.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that that, I I completely agree. I think that that is uh, a super powerful way to uh, get back into running if you've taken the time off or get in running for the first time. Or, um, you know, if you know you have this marathon coming up and uh, you're, you know, you would need to start it in six weeks, the training program would start in six weeks, then Mm -hmm. like do a six week run streak and kind of get into the rhythm of, of running every day, the uh, building up a little bit of a base You know having all the benefits of getting back into consistent running before you actually start your training and then have that end date and so then end it as you jump into the real training but you know it can be this fun way to kind of lead up to that and kind of put some of that excited energy uh you know into preparing for the training itself
0: yeah definitely i think i think that base building phase that is always recommended with training like the the disclaimer with the training program will say, well, you should have 12 weeks of, you know, this amount of mileage before you start your training. Uh, I always just ignored that or I like kind of sort of fudged it in my mind and said, well, I've been running for this long and I've been doing this It's kind of close enough. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna start. But in my situation, like my run streak was the base building leading up to actually starting a hundred mile training program. Uh, and I wouldn't have had the patience to do that. And maybe had I set out to do that, maybe I wouldn't have done it either. Like I, I just don't think I would have had the patience to say, well, I don't really want to do base building, so instead I'm going to do this run streak. And once six months is up, I'll start. Like it didn't, it didn't work out that way. I just thought I was doing the streak, and then once the streak ended, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, hey, I actually have a base now, which I didn't even intend to build, but I did, and now I'm actually in shape to, to begin running. But I think that's great. I think like if if that works for you, that you can just make this the base building period, but make it way more. I don't know, it just feels like you're doing something interesting instead of just doing something that seems, you know, too easy to matter. Uh, I think it's a great way to, to build up mileage and then three or six or whatever months later, then start the training for something that, that requires you have that mileage, which you now will have. Also, a great thing is like the nature of most of these streaks, like I said, is not running very hard. By the way, my advice right. would be would be run like just make it an easy run every single day if you're gonna do a running streak. I don't think you should be trying to get hard workouts in for the most part. Um, And I think it's probably better if you're talking about base building, like to be doing the zone two thing where you just don't get your heart rate very high. Uh, And like, there are a lot of reasons to do that, not because it's just easy, but like, if you build that, that aerobic base, and don't let yourself get into those those high heart rate zones, uh, you know, that can turn out to be a more solid foundation for later, later building than if you were to, you know, be trying to get into those high zones from the beginning. Uh, so there can be a lot of benefits from a tra- from a training perspective. This is what Rich Roll did uh, when he kind of you know got started getting ready for Ultraman, uh, or maybe when he kind of began training period. But he just did tons and tons of of this kind of Maffetone method method. By the way, we have an interview with Phil Maffetone. If you want to listen to that, it's a weird one. He starts talking about uh, carrots having feelings and things like that. So <laughs> just be ready for that part. Uh, but anyway, his his whole philosophy is about this very low intensity training and and building a big base that way before you even think about doing any harder training. So a run streak is a way to, uh, to make that, you know, just more interesting. It just feels like you're, you're working on something that, that is noteworthy or interesting or, you know, makes you feel good to talk about and think about, uh, besides just like I'm going out and doing easy runs most days, this at least is a streak. And then it's kind of something that's, that, you know, has something, something more to it.
1: Yep. I agree.
0: All right. That's it. We're going streaking.
1: Well, so what about what about a non-run streak?
0: Oh yeah, we're gonna talk more. We're not going streaking yet.
1: Uh, not going streaking yet. No,
0: we had we had one more thing, um, and that was that was yeah like is we've been talking about running streaks, but as I said at the beginning, streaks aren't that different from challenges, and we like challenges for changing any kind of habit. Uh, so are there other things that that can be that are worthy of of streaking with like like I, I suggested to you when you say I'm just going to go vegan not you but a lot of people say I'm going vegan and I'm just going to do that for as long as I can like did you just go on a three-week vegan streak if you if you did that and then failed at that point was that is that a good thing that you did a vegan streak and does that is that what we're talking about so if, if you're trying to change some other habit dietary other fitness thing whatever like is a streak a good idea for those things too
1: so I think, I think, yes, I think streaks, uh, just similar to challenges can, can benefit you in, in all kinds of ways. Some, uh, some streaks that I have, uh, had over the, over the years, I guess there's only one other good one. Uh, but that was, um, <laughs> uh, this was a pandemic one for me. Um, not the very beginning, but throughout several months, I was, uh, I was doing this, this putting routine, this, uh, disc golf putting routine, you know, every mm. single day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I did that for, it was. Like, it took me like 10 or 15 minutes a day, um, but it's just kind of this uh, cycle that you went through with putting at different distances, and, and it significantly improved my putting, right? It was this like little streak that I did for a few months, maybe. I don't even know how long it was, um, but uh, you know, I, I used an app to track it, and it would, would track my progress and would see how I was improving with my putting, and it was a what great was the app? way to do it. Was
0: the app just for that, or was it just like a general... Street app?
1: Uh, no, it was a it was a disc golf putting app. <laughs> oh, Okay, Good for that wow? Um, yeah, uh, and uh, and and so it like it had this. It was a, s- a specific uh, routine that you went through, and you would track uh-huh. it, and it would um, you know so then you could see how you progressed, and like it had charts and all that stuff to uh-huh. like see how how you how you were getting better. Um, but uh, yeah, but it also tracked you know your days consistent days or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I was, I was like, I was really quite into that. And so I, you know, I think that that was a great way for me to improve my putting. It was a great way for me to kind of dedicate time to, to, to disc off every day. And, um, and it was a fun little challenge. And so I think that you could do that same thing with any sort of habit that you're building, any sort of skill that you're trying to build. If it, you know, related to nutrition, you know, a good thing might be like how many days in a row can you eat a salad with dinner or ha- choose a smoothie for breakfast over, Toast or cereal or something like that, you know. So you're kind of mm-hmm. keeping. It's like a good way to build a, a habit and add a little bit of consistency in any sort of um, health or wellness thing. You know, meditation streak, uh, yeah. anything like that. I think is, is is good.
0: Yeah, it's nice that I mean, it applies a nice little extra layer on top of something. Uh, we always say, well, I don't know if we do, but I always think <laughs> the the easy the things that are really easy to do are also things that are are very easy to not do because. if it's so small and insignificant like making a smoothie or having a salad with your dinner like there's no reason you couldn't do that every single day but because it's such a small little thing it's just so easy to like just forget it and don't do it so when you have a streak and it's this thing that matters especially if you have some kind of like visible cue for it like the jerry seinfeld technique of the calendar on the wall where you put a little x on it but something that like just reminds you each day uh it just adds this layer of of fun interest onto something that is a pretty mundane habit perhaps and I, i think the fact that you mentioned this putting thing is actually not, uh, I think it's not coincidental because like that, that sounds like I'm guessing most people when they want to get better disc golf, like that's not the first place they start. Just like ball Mm -hmm. golf, you don't start by going to the putting green. You instead go to the driving range because that's fun. And that's, that's a big activity. you you got to go somewhere and do it. But like the way, and what I know of golf, the way to actually get better is if you put that time instead into the short game, which no one does because it's boring, then, you know, that's how you get better fast. But mm-hmm. if you put a little streak in there, you make it a streaky thing, then suddenly it becomes like it takes this mundane thing and turns it into something that is, like I said before with the running, and just something that is kind of interesting and, and makes you feel good to think about and talk about. And it's not just this little chore that you do. It's like an actual thing you're you're working on. So I think that's a, a really great use. We were talking about, uh, you know, if going vegan counts as a streak. And I'm even, like I had a, the only other significant streak I think I've had uh was i did like a not drinking streak for three days three months three days <laughs> I made it three days without drinking uh three months leading up to my uh i don't know some some marathon in, in the middle of my boston journey and i said i'm just not going to drink from the start of the year until my marathon it turned out to be three months and that didn't feel like a streak to me That felt like i was doing something and it was i don't know so, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe not doing something isn't really a good streak and I also think something that takes your whole day, like going vegan, where every single meal is now impacted, like that doesn't feel like a streak behavior either. That just feels like a, a huge lifestyle change. Uh, so I don't really know what's a streak and what isn't, what's worthy, what isn't. But I think your examples of a smoothie or a salad at dinner, like those are those are much better streak ideas than just go vegan. Not that you shouldn't go vegan, but I just wouldn't view that as like a streak thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's right, uh, especially like the go vegan thing. And I was I was. Wrestling with this question because you'd kind of asked it in the outline ahead of time, um, and the the one example that I came up with that that feels a little bit like a streak, uh, and I, I googled it and, and it is uh, like people call it a streak. You know, your sober streak. Um, you know, if you're if you're trying to go sober for mm-hmm. a year or 100 days or something like that. You know, thinking of that, but I th- I think that can also be a challenge. If there's an end time, uh, I think that that could also be viewed as a challenge that maybe right. you just never give up. Um, yeah. And yeah. uh, and so, you know, I don't know if that's a streak or not, uh, but, you know, it, honestly, it doesn't really matter. I think that the things that that you that are most effective, the way that a streak starting a streak can be most effective is, is with a little thing that takes, you know, less than 20 minutes, probably.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Now we are going to streaking. Now you have all the tools yeah. you know to decide if going streaking is right for you.
1: Can I, can can I, uh, can I share a streaking story?
0: Yeah. I thought you were going to do the Will Ferrell yelling, we're going streaking.
1: Yeah, no, that, uh, that's a, that's a good one. We're going streaking. (laughs) there you go. Um, All right. (laughs) No. All right. So uh, maybe, maybe I've told you this story. Have I told you about the, um, the second annual streak, streak the quad?
0: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) you have a real streaking story.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real streaking story. Um. That uh, that didn't actually involve me streaking, but um, so uh, I went to school. I, w- I went to high school in the same town where you went to college. I'm not going to name the college, um, but uh, no, the,
0: why,
1: why uh, are we not so, naming okay. the college? Well, I guess we can name the college. It's, it's been There's so many you, years. Do we want no to bring <laughs> to Yeah, no. So James <laughs> Madison University. I went to high school there. One of my best friends was a year older than me, and he went to he went to college there. So when he was a freshman. I was a senior we were I was hanging out with him a lot on campus and uh, and he had this idea with one of his roommates or one of his buddies to uh, to create flyers for the second annual streak the quad <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and uh, and I guess then and probably still now you had to um, like flyers that were on campus for it to be like an official flyer it had this campus stamp and they were able to uh-huh. Acquire a, a campus stamp so that when we hung it up everywhere; it wouldn't get automatically taken down, and just made it look a lot more legit. And so, <laughs> and so we spent um, we spent a lot of time and like posting flyers and putting them on tables and things like that, and trying to do it real discreetly because you did like the whole point was for them to remain anonymous because they'd probably get in trouble because especially since right. they had acquired one of the stamps, uh, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, and and so, but it was all like uh, you know, Saturday, June thirtieth, uh, you know, attend the second annual streak the quad. Streaking starts at at ten A. M. or whatever it was, you know. And um right. Right. and so so we just went and uh to see who would show up and a lot of people showed up and then right at ten everyone just took their clothes off and went oh, streaking. Really? <laughs> it was,
2: yeah. Wow There were like it fifty
1: people or at least that that actually did it. There was no leader, like people just kind of like <laughs> like, like like leaders just kind of like emerged out of it, because like, everyone was right, kind of looking right. around, like, is is it really going to happen? Is it really going to happen? And then someone's like, let's do it. Like, everyone just kind of did it. Like, <laughs> it was amazing. It was that amazing. That is
0: funny. That is amazing. Yeah. I, the, the second annual was brilliant. Whoever decided to put that on there.
1: Yeah. I yeah. Think, that was, I, mean, I, I can't even idea. take zero credit for any of this idea. Um, but uh, yeah, the second annual was was key, I think, to uh, to make it look, feel more legit. <laughs> right.
0: What if I told uh, you, Doug, yeah. that because I was I was there, I would have been a a junior. I think no, you were you were a senior, so I would have been a senior as well. What if I told you that I was one of the streakers?
1: Yeah, well, well I would love it if you would if that was true. <laughs> Is it true? Did you attend? Unfortunately, the now, I don't,
0: now I don't. No, I and I don't even remember seeing any of the uh, seeing any of the flyers. Unfortunately, but maybe oh. I lived off campus, so I didn't eat eat in the dining halls and things very much then. So maybe I was uh-huh. a little too old. <laughs>
1: Uh, so that's that's my favorite streaking story
0: that is a good story i I like that one
1: you didn't partake though you didn't streak (laughs) no no i just stood off to the sidelines and watched. okay (laughs) good
0: i like it very nice way to wrap up this episode
1: (laughs) yeah all right everybody well i hope that i hope you can benefit from a good streak and uh (laughs) yes and we'll we'll see you next week
0: all right yeah let us know if you do if you start one text doug or whatever it's called tweet doug on no, what are you on now? You're not on Twitter anymore.
1: Ah, you know, I, I rejoined Twitter this week. Uh, oh, you know, because... we were going
0: to do Twitter Spaces. I forgot about that.
1: I know, I know. I, I, so let's to... so let's
0: soft announce that here. We we want to go on Twitter Spaces and start rec- not not start recording these, but try recording a couple on there uh, so that people can attend live and, you know, raise their hand or whatever and come up and be on it. Uh, I don't know if that will all make it onto the recording or not, but I think we want to try to do that. So if you're on Twitter, look out for, uh, for at No Meat Athlete or what, what are you, at Rock Creek Runner, Doug?
2: Mm
1: mm-hmm yep
0: yeah so look for those look for the make sure you follow those and then look for us to be on there uh doing a spaces which is the thing where you go like you know voice chat uh so i meant to do that this week forgot but uh now we we give you a little heads up all right all right all right everybody
2: thanks thanks